Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back. Appreciate you joining us today. Got a postcard from Spain, Rota, Spain. And this uh, postcard's from my dear friends, the Staley's, missionaries there in Spain, uh, Mike and Deanna. And uh, boy, I, I love them. Mike and Deanna, thanks for listening. Appreciate your faithfulness. Enjoyed our time in Israel together. And I know you're preaching through the book of Revelation. Mike mentions in the postcard that he listens to some of those old episodes to just kind of help him along the way. And Mike, I've got to say this. I think I've told you this before. You have the most amazing handwriting in all the world. Now, it might be Deanna that you're, is writing on your behalf, but whoever it is that has this handwriting, it is absolutely beautiful. So thanks for the beautiful postcard and the beautiful handwriting. And I want us to look at the beautiful Word of God, if we can. Jeremiah chapter 26 today, we are talking about this message that Jeremiah preached, a tough message at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. And so this would be about 606, 607 BC, somewhere in there, before any of the invasions of Nebuchadnezzar took place. And in this message, Jeremiah has the audacity uh, to tell the people right there in a public place, right there in, in the temple court, that Jerusalem will become as Shiloh. Shiloh, the place where the tabernacle had dwelt for 369 years until in the year 1050, it was destroyed, uh, that place, by the Philistines. And so how could Jeremiah possibly say that Jerusalem, this safe place, this big place, this honored place, this temple place, could be laid waste? And the people were just incensed by what Jeremiah had said, and the priests and the prophets uh, they just all believed that Jeremiah should be put to death. And when the princes came in, the political leaders, uh, that's exactly what they suggested. Uh, this man needs to be put on trial. This man needs to be put to death. We can't have this. So here we are in verse number 11. Let's, let's revisit that verse where the Bible says, Then spake the priests and the prophets unto the princes. So we read this. Uh, last episode, and to all the people saying, this man is worthy to die, for he hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. Verse number 12, then spake Jeremiah. So finally, Jeremiah is going to have an opportunity to answer. Uh, up until this point, he has just been accused by this mob and so Jeremiah now speaks for himself, verse number 12. He spake unto all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that ye have heard. What a simple attestation to the truth. Jeremiah says, The Lord sent me to say the things I've said, and every single word he gave me, I gave you. What a faithful declaration. Jeremiah is not trying to defend himself. 
Jeremiah is not trying to equivocate. He is not trying to justify. He's simply saying what is. God sent me. I gave his message. I gave all of his message. What you heard was from God. What you heard was true. And what you heard was entire. Sometimes we talk about tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What Jeremiah says here essentially is, I have told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. How will they respond to that? Verse number 13, therefore, now, well, actually, this is Jeremiah who continues to speak. So he said, listen, I've told you what God told me to tell you. Now watch what Jeremiah says. I forgot this part. Verse 13, therefore, now amend your ways and your doings. Obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. So Jeremiah says, hey, I've given the word of God, but now let me give you my applicational thought. My applicational thought is I've given you the message, and the message is true, and the me- and, and it's going to happen. But, but here's your opportunity. Get right. Change the way you're living. That all of what is going to happen is going to happen because of you, your sin, because of your rejection of God. But there's still a space of grace. You have the opportunity right now. Get right. Change your doings. Repent. And God will give you grace and mercy. And you can stave off all of these elements of judgment about which I've spoken. What grace, what mercy, and what courage on the part of Jeremiah in the face of this crowd, a many against one. Jeremiah says, no, I didn't stutter. What you heard was true. And I want to further give you counsel, get right, because there's a chance for you to stave off that which has been pronounced. So I think of a couple examples. I think of Jonah. Jonah gave a message to the Ninevites, and the message was not a message of repent or else. No, the message was a message of a pronouncement of judgment. This will happen. And yet that pronouncement of judgment elicited in the hearts of the Ninevites this spirit of, well, we're wrong. It may be that God will forgive us. There was no promise of that, but they repented, and God did forgive them. I think about the message that Daniel preached to Nebuchadnezzar, which wasn't too many years after this message here that Jeremiah's preaching. And in that message, he said to Nebuchadnezzar, it was during that uh, interpretation of the dream of the big tree. Remember that? I think that's Daniel chapter number four. And Daniel said, hey, here's the message. You're going to be you're going to be chopped down, Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to become like a crazy man. God's going to judge you. So here's my advice to you. Get right, humble yourself. And at least for a season, about a year, Nebuchadnezzar did just that. So you love the boldness of these prophets of God that not only give the word of God, but then in boldness supply an application to that word. And I think that's a good template for modern day preachers. Uh, it's a good day for modern day, a good template for modern day communicators of God's word that we give the word of God, the unadulterated word of God, the complete plenary word of God, but then uh, give a an appropriate application. So this is what you should do with 
this message. And that's exactly what Jeremiah does here. Verse number uh, 14, as for me. So in verse 13, Jeremiah says, here's what you ought to do. Here's what the word of God said, and here's what my recommendation is for you. to. Now, I can't control you. I can't manipulate your decision. You're going to have to make your own choice. I'm suggesting what you ought to do, but I know for me, that, that's what he's saying. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said. To me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. So here, Jeremiah says in verse number 14, as for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me as seemeth good and meet unto you. It's suitable, what, what you think is appropriate. So Jeremiah knows that humanly speaking, he, he can't run. Uh, he can't hide. He can't fight. Uh, what, what can he do in this crowd? What can he do? So he said, listen, I can't control you. I don't know what decisions you're going to make. Uh, if, if you feel like I need to be arrested, then arrest me. If you feel as if I need to die, then kill me. But one thing I know for sure is I'm going to do what God told me to do. I, I, can, do no, I can do none else. Uh, I, I like what Joshua said, as for me and, and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, I know not path what others may take, but, but, but I know this, uh, as for me, give me liberty or give me death, right? That's Patrick Henry. Don't you love these people that stood in the moment and said, I'm not, I'm not worried about my physical life. I'm just worried about obeying God in this moment. And this is such a great example of courage. I think about Esther. You know, if I perish, I perish. I think about John the Baptist. I think about the Apostle Paul. I think about these great martyrs of the faith, Latimer and Ridley and Tyndale and these men and women that down through the ages, Hebrews chapter 11. But as we think about episodes like this in the Bible, I don't know that our mind readily goes to Jeremiah chapter 26, but Jeremiah's life was on the line right here. Jeremiah had just been accused of blasphemy, really, and and uh, they wanted to put him to death, all of them. This was the consensus decision, and yet here's Jeremiah in the face of all of that saying, well, if this must be, then it must be. Do unto me what you seem, what, what you think is right to do. What courage on the part of Jeremiah. Just have to love him. Verse number 15, he adds, but know ye for certain. So regardless of your choice, you can keep me alive. You can kill me. You can banish me. You can imprison me. But know this. Regardless of your decision, know this, but know for certain that if ye put me to death, ye shall surely bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and upon the inhabitants thereof. For of a truth, the Lord hath sent me unto you to speak all these words in your ears. So you can kill me, but that won't kill the truth. You can get rid of me, but that won't get rid of the consequences and the judgment that's been pronounced. In fact, you can kill me, but all that will do is exacerbate and foment the judgment that has already been declared upon you. 
So you can pursue the course of action that you have suggested, but all you're going to do is make things worse. Well, you talk about boldness, you talk about courage, you talk about grace in the moment, conviction, all of it. Jeremiah is just, wow, what what an example he is. Look at verse number 16, last verse I'll read. Then said the princes and all the people unto the priests and to unto the all unto the prophets, this man is not worthy to die, for he hath spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. So it's interesting. The princes recognized the veracity of his message, and they weren't even there for the original sermon. Only the priests were there for that original sermon and the people. And yet they saw in Jeremiah something in total contrast to what they saw in the priests. The priests they saw as compromising, politicking game players, but they saw in Jeremiah the the heart of true conviction. They, They saw the veracity of his words. They said, this man is not worthy of death. Very similar, really, to Pilate. Remember, the religious leaders were the game players, Uh, Caiaphas and Annas, the the high priest emeritus, they were the ones that wanted Jesus to be put to death. They were the manipulators. But Pilate, the prince, Pilate, the the political leader, he saw right through it. No, he's not guilty. Now, Pilate ultimately succumbed to their pressure. but, But here we find these princes, they see the spade as the spade that it is. They see the truth of Jeremiah's message. And they're willing to to stand up and say, no, he is not worthy of death. He has spoken the truth, and we would do well to listen to what he said. Wow, what a what a what a what a conclusion. But it really isn't the conclusion because there's a couple more uh illustrations here in this chapter that are just rich. So I want you to hang with us. We're, uh, we're done for today, but we're gonna jump back into verse number 17 and look at two great examples that preceded Jeremiah. One negative, well, they're both positive, but but one that ended positively, one that ended negatively, but both which served the situation in such a poignant way. Hope you'll join us for that. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.